Hi, wonderful, I have an abusive parent hashtag truth campaign podcast listeners. How are you all today? I hope you guys are doing really, really well. Once again, thank you for jumping on. Really excited about today's episode. It is titled My Father, the Protector to Enabler to Echo. And I, you know, should put turned abuser in there as well. But the reason why this is so important and I'm really keen to get on and do this is because I'm going to talk about the different roles that the other parent the non-predominant abusive parent can play to both you and also the abusive parent across the course of this whole situation. And sometimes they do change. So, you know, I'm going to talk about the protective roles that they sometimes may play or have played, the enabler role, right? Protecting is protecting you or protecting themselves. Enabling is also to protect themselves, but also it allows to enable the abuser to continue the abuse. And then the echo. Now that's a really interesting one where they actually echo the thoughts, feelings and behaviors of the abusive parent which can then turn them into an abuser as well. They become an abuser, let's face it. Now, I have used uh, personal stories myself and um, a whole heap of other collections of stories that I use and I, from other people. And I'm so blessed that you guys are listening to that because, you know, as you guys know, this is a healing process for me. Someone actually said to me, is this like your need to get revenge without actually getting revenge because you're staying anonymous? I'm like, I'm going to have to think of that because... Sometimes I feel like it is that. But the reason that I use stories is because it helps to connect and it helps us to identify. So I'm not only going to talk about those roles, but I'm also going to talk about different situations so that you can identify the symptoms and you can identify what that looks like in a really real way. You know, I don't believe in just sharing, um, what are they called, stats, you know, and, and you know, dot point symptoms this needs to be told in a way that is really really truthful so I'm hoping that you can connect with that so as always I'm about to jump into the episode right now but if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast I'm just really glad that you guys are here with me on this journey through my healing but I'm also able to help other people along the way I'm going to stop blabbing now my kids are due to wake up so I am going to jump straight into that episode right now my father the protector to enabler turned echo in brackets, abuser. (laughs) Enjoy, guys. All right, so I'm going to focus on my dad for this podcast for this episode and I'm going to I'm going to really get into the changing roles and the changing jobs that he played for my mother. So as you know, the title of this episode is My Father from the Protector to the Enabler to the Echo. And you know, as as time's gone past, especially these last couple of years, I've really tossed up whether my dad was sort of a narcissist waiting to come out. And um, I found it really, really hard to believe because throughout my life, my dad was much softer than my mum. You know, it's it's really interesting. I was so I was terrified of my mum, right? You never know knew where where you stood, where you stood. And even as a young girl, it was my dad that dealt with all of the sensitive issues. You know, he dealt with the boyfriend breakups, whereas mum would just dismiss it, right? And that's what a narcissist does. They dismiss your experience. They dismiss your feelings. They lack the ability to feel empathy. My dad was the one that spoke me through my period. You know, when I got my period, when that girl time came, I was quite young. I think I was about 10 and I yelled down the stairs and my mother refused to come up. And it was, it was my dad that said, well, you better go up there because she might have her period. And anyway, my mum come up and 
at the time I thought it was just on oh, maybe she didn't know how to deal with it or it was shameful in her house but she literally said oh god it's nothing to worry about something along those lines but I specifically remember her saying don't feel sorry for yourself it all happens you know she went downstairs she showed me how to use a pad it was my dad that spoke to me about this lightly right it was my it was my dad so <clears throat> not the big issues not the sexual abuse and stuff that was hidden by everyone so I've really struggled the last couple of years to go does my dad have narcissistic tendencies yes he does and I'm going to talk about that with echoism which is this term that I found which is so so interesting but my dad I'm now no contact with both of my parents and my dad and my mum are the same person, right? They're, they're out to get me, they're out to hurt me, they're out to infiltrate my life. I am the scapegoat, I am the crazy person. And it really shocked me when that happened with my father because it happened very, very quickly to that extent. But looking back on it, I can sort of see the symptoms. Um, and, and I didn't realise that my mum was narcissistic, right? I was in it. She's, a, she's abusive. I was in it. We were all in it. And when you're in it, you don't recognize it and it's not always in your face you know right there ready to go you know and and then we knew that there was mental health issues even my father would say you know she's depressed she's I think she's got a, a an unhealthy brain she's toxic she's all of these sorts of things and so there was all these excuses made for her and we all knew that something was wrong but I've come to terms in the last year or so that my mum is a narcissist and the psychologists and the, the trauma therapists that I've worked with that have gone through all of the evidence have coined her in that one percent but even from a very young age my dad was very kind to me I was a dad's girl you know I remember growing up and actually going to the shed and crying and saying to him I'm sorry I'm sorry but I feel more love for mum and him calming me down and saying that's okay that's what happens with mothers and daughters now looking back that wasn't the case at all I was terrified of my mum but my mum required more energy than my dad my mum required strategy my mum required more brain work right my dad was easy it wasn't actually difficult to be cared for and loved by dad when I was young yes you know you had to make him proud. You had to do all of those things. You know, you had to behave really well, just like mum. You know, your behaviour was a reflection of them in the society. But he didn't hold it against you if you stuffed up and he supported you through it. And um, it's only in the recent years that, that this has sort of started happening, especially as I've become an adult and started having my own voice, which is something that we will touch on. Um, because I've always argued with my mum, and I think that's why she can't stand me so much, is because where my sister is so passive and she will just go along with anything and do anything. I've always had a little bit of a fire and every now and then I've questioned and, you know, I learnt over the time there was a number of years there where I just went silent because I just knew that there was no point questioning it because it was just never going to be heard or understood. But my dad would hear it and he would protect me. Not very well. Okay, he wouldn't protect me very well because, you know, his quality of life was at risk, but he would protect me. And it started with things like, you know, just don't worry about your mum. You know what she's like. So there was that element of protection there. It wasn't great protection. He didn't do a very good job of it. You know, that's dismissing. It's just your mother. You know, oh, we all know that there's something wrong with mum. She's just negative. So it was a protection in that, yes, I'm seeing it. I'm also living it. But, you know, don't let it bother you because it's just what what your mother's like. And, you know, he made excuses as well, like around 
she doesn't know how to show love because she was never shown love and you know deep down she loves you but he also would say things like I don't know what it is about your mother she just doesn't like you or she's had a problem with you ever since you were 15 you know all of these things it was very very interesting but these things sort of started coming out a little bit later because I think my dad was getting desperate because he was caught in the middle a lot as I got older and, and I will talk about that a little bit more he would also protect me by giving me strategies later on. Just don't talk to your mum, okay? Or be careful when you go in there, mum's angry, and you know what it's like when mum's angry. Um, so that was really interesting. And then as I got older, he, he was definitely her enabler. So like I said, he would dismiss my, not dismiss my experience, but he wouldn't, he would protect me by dismissing it, right? He actually didn't do anything about it. Sometimes he would get into arguments with my mum. I distinctly remember that and him saying things to her like oh using her name just bloody leave her alone you know get off her back but then you know he was shut off for days on end he would get this silent treatment and she would purse her lips and there was just this energy and she would cry and she would yell and she would talk about you know how horrible he was to us kids and also to her friends so there was no point it was too hard to protect us and I I understand that he has to protect himself, but I'm also really struggling with it because I've got children of my own now. And so help me God, if their father or, you know, their stepdad did anything, that, you know, it would just wouldn't be a second thought. So he would enable by putting up with it, pretty much, putting up with it. And um, I found it really interesting. Like I would get told off by my dad the more that things go around, you know what your mother's like, just don't say anything. You know, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Like, okay, okay, what's going on here? You know, and I would be in trouble just for having a voice. And I found my my father's voice getting less and less and less. And now that he's actually become the echo, which I'll talk about it, he doesn't have a voice. He's just completely forgotten everything he's ever said to me. It's not acknowledged. You know, he spoke to me about my mother being the most controlling, manipulative person in the world abusive these were the words that he said to me and you know that is all denied now it's not even acknowledged and uh, there was a lot of secret tiptoeing so I would I would talk to my dad about my mum but as things got older I could see that the treatment of him got worse and worse and worse and the, there were signs there that he was really struggling so he would you know, say things to me like, I'm in the middle, I really don't like this, you know, I, I hate being in the middle of your mother and yourself. And then his words changed to not like, you know, what your mother's like and validating my experience. But for some reason, you two just can't get, a, get, a, get along. And I don't know what it is about you, right? It was then directed to me. I don't know what it is about you, but you just can't seem to keep your mother happy. So all of a sudden, it went from acknowledging my mother's behavior and as I got older and started having a bit more of a voice and I think my dad had just been worn down after all these years, he really enabled her and pretty much said to me, sit down and shut up, this is just the way that she is, you know. And I find that interesting because all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to talk to him about this but ever since I was a young child, they spoke to me and I've said this in a previous podcast about how they couldn't stand each other and they were going to leave and they were going to get a divorce and going to go on their own holiday separately and when they come back and but you know they didn't speak to each other about that my, my mother would threaten to leave often um and I remember one night my dad saying we'll just go then and oh my god I don't know how long he got the silent treatment 
and the tears and the aggression from. So he went from sort of protecting me to very much enabling her and making excuses for her. And then things started to change where he sort of started to direct things at me. And I knew that he was really struggling and he was trying to convince me to just not speak to her and, you know, I'll handle her, but it's really, really hard at home and my mother's never spoken nicely about my dad. You know, he was always the bully that doesn't listen to her and if he did stick up for me, my goodness, the treatment. Like his life just wasn't wasn't worth living. And when my mother got physical with me and a number of other things, as you know, I went no contact. I went no contact with both of them after they used my sexual abuse to torment me. It's been that relationship of little contact going back, trying, hoping that things would work. When I said to my father and I actually asked him, and it was on his advice, you know, that my mother couldn't handle being around the girls for more than a day and a half, so on and so forth, that she was negative, controlling, manipulative. You just need to stop talking to her. She has a problem. She needs help. I asked him to come and care for my children and alone unless my mother went and started getting some help. And he literally said to me, please don't do that to me. You know I can't do that. My, it's not worth it. I can't do that. Please don't do that to me. Please don't do that to me. Your mother won't allow it. And I always saw him as this big, strong man, you know, and I do have memories of him sticking up against her earlier on. And I said to him, I have to. It's for the safety of my children. And from that moment, he switched. He became her echo and displayed the same narcissistic behaviours. All of a sudden... I am the scapegoat for both of them. All of their problems is because of me. I'm crazy. I'm horrible. Um, That was it. From that day on, I started receiving emails from my father, threatening emails, threatening emails. And I've read them to people who have said, oh, my, that know both my family members very well and said, oh, my God, that is, you know, your mother's language, this, that and the other. Um, I have been on phone calls where my dad has been talking but my mother is rabbiting in the background and he is the one that's actually voicing through the phone what's being said. Um, Same also to my partner, same also to other flying monkeys have actually had that realisation, some of them, and said, oh, my goodness, you know, that wasn't, you know, the the uncle and auntie that talked to me secretly, that wasn't my brother. All I could hear was your mother in the background. I didn't even understand what he was saying. It didn't even sound like him. And he has become aggressive and relentless. He doesn't acknowledge that I have my own life. Um, Everything that I've done, I've done wrong. I spoke to them at one stage about how, you know, as you do, you get desperate. You know, mum got physical with me. Come on. Like, this is just ridiculous. Why? And it was scoffed at. Um, Because I did tell my father about that before I went no contact when my father was still friendly with me, enabling her, but, you know, still my father and we still had a very close relationship. He said to me, oh, that's interesting. That's not what she said. You know, it was scoffed at. He's now projecting behaviours. One of the biggest moments of realisation for me happened only a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to my friend who was a school teacher and I, I spoke about how my parents were aware of the sexual abuse from my cousin from a young age that I'd left journals around that my mother had asked me about it and then dismissed it and made it about her if you haven't listened to the episode it is called my cousin sexually abused me and my parents did nothing absolutely nothing when I approached them as an adult 
my father was willing to give me some level of support. At one stage there, he even said, yes, the police report sounds great. Then my mother had an instant mental breakdown and started, and we talk about this in that episode, started talking about how I can't, I just have to move on, I just have to forget it, and that uh, the family would turn against her and she doesn't want the family and the community to turn against her. And it all became about her and he echoed exactly what she was saying. He removed some of his support and was saying to me, you know, let's look at different ways that we can do this rather than the police report because, you know, this is hurting your mum and your mum's terrified and she probably won't make it through. So absolutely echoing, but also with narcissistic tendencies, it's something I really struggle to get my head around because, I mean, I haven't been in a long-term narcissistic relationship with, well, I have, but not, like, I, I realise that my father has been in an abusive relationship for all of these years, you know, over three decades. And there's got to be a time when it breaks you down. And it was it was my partner as well that, that helped me come to that realisation. But as a mother, there I, I, I would stop at nothing to protect my children, nothing. And, and I feel like if my partner, my husband was saying, oh, no, no, you can't make that police report because the family or the community will turn against us. You know, so be it. Let them. This is what the ch- our child needs to be supported and protected. There would just not be a second thought. And that was so hurtful. And I really struggled because my, my father, like, I do see the gradual switch now, but it was he was always loving to me and caring of me, but kind of subtly protective. And, and then there was when I went no contact with myself and my children with my mother because of what she was doing and he begged me not to do that that day over the phone that was it there was an instant switch and it was actually my partner that brought to my attention said he's in an abusive relationship because my partner had been in a very emotionally abusive relationship with a narcissist as well and he said to me I did the same thing where you, and this is what an echo does, you do what that person wants, what that narcissist wants, because trust me, your life is not worth living if you would go against what they want. You know, he, he threw in the towel for a number of years with his parents and a child that he had in another relationship, which he feels awful about. And he just said, I was just so worn down that I knew that my life was not going to be worth living unless I played her game and I can see that in my father and I'm still so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. But on that term echo, you know, um, or echoism, I I only found that term quite recently and I, I hadn't found anything that I was able to label my father with. I was sort of like, he went from a father that obviously had these underlying narcissistic tendencies to just a horrible, horrible, horrible human. And so the story, uh, for those of you that are interested, comes from Greek mythology where the Narcissus, I think his name was Narcissus, I'll probably have to go back and check that, God, you know, who was cursed to fall in love with himself and his image. And Echo fell in love with Narcissus and was cursed to repeat the last words of everything that they heard. And I just was, that was the first thing that I read. And I went, oh my God, that, it just hit me. And I kept reading and the the symptoms of an Echo is exactly that, is that they will echo and only consider the thoughts and feelings of the Narcissist. They 
they won't consider their own needs. So, you know, in this situation, the need to have a relationship with his daughter um, and protect his daughter, that started changing over time. Um, and they lose their own voice because they're echoing the narcissist. So previously, my dad had a very different voice and a very different point of view on my mother. Now he completely, completely echoes absolutely everything that she says. And I, I find that so interesting because, you know, my partner said the same thing in his relationship and the research that I've done and the stories of people that I've collected, more often than not, there is an echo and sometimes it is the child that is the echo. I know that I became an echo, not necessarily for my mother, but if in my life, my adult life, my childhood life, if I ever came anyone who I saw as reflective of my mum, so a bully or, um, you know, workplace bullies, um, bosses, people that I used to work with, I really struggled to speak my own voice because I knew that there would be consequences. And, I, and you know, I know that that is triggered. But I, I would sometimes go along with things um, that weren't harming people, even if they didn't feel right. Or I would agree with them about, you know, that I was doing this wrong or how bad of a person that I was. And I would echo their needs because... I knew that there was no other way. I knew that speaking up was absolutely just not worth it. And there is, yeah, a lot of children, adult children and children with narcissistic parents who have echoism. It's a really fantastic term. You know, I look it up. Um, this is something that I, you know, I saw in my dad instantly. And then I went, oh, my God, up until I started doing my healing and understanding how brains work and being able to capture and control the CPTSD and my triggers and symptoms and behaviours, absolutely, I was often an echo and unable to speak up. I would lose my own voice, right? I lost my own personality with my mother. I had to do whatever she wanted and I wasn't allowed to be my own individual and I lost my voice. But I also did that in other areas of my life as well. So anyway, something very, very interesting to look at. But I'm going to cut this now because my little five-year-old, I think, is stirring. There is a storm coming in. Um, it's funny how I jump on here whenever there's a storm coming on, isn't there? So anyway, so there we are. We looked at different roles that the other parent can play. Um, I spoke about my father and other people as well. So the other parent um, in... In, in the relationship when you have an abusive parent that then can become abusive as well. Um, sometimes they protect you, sometimes more often than not will enable that person um, out of protection for themselves. And then uh, that term echo, which is absolutely interesting. So once again, guys, thank you for joining me. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the I Have an Abusive Parent podcast hashtag truth campaign, please do so. We're getting along okay over this side. We're um, moving forward with some um, legal proceedings uh, and I will keep you guys updated about that um, the truth campaign is out there and I'm going to talk about that smear campaign versus a truth campaign I can't wait to do that one but I hope you're all having a wonderful morning afternoon evening night wherever you are and again subscribe and let me know what you felt about this whether you agree or disagree it always makes for amazing dialogue and it helps other people to connect and realize that they're not alone in this and they're not going crazy all right, guys, over and out. Just on that, guys, before I jump off, very interestingly, my partner brought it up with me and said, you need to put this in your podcast. And he's so right. 
that moment when my dad turned, I felt like I'd lost my father and I'm still going through that grief because my, my father was the person I had the connection with. He was, although not always great at it, um, he was my safety net, you know, and he was always, there was always some element of protection there um, from my mum and some of the outside world. And I do, I feel like this person now, uh, this echo, this now abusive person, I don't know who that person is. He's not my father. I really struggle to call him my father because I don't know him. He's a completely different person. Um, and, you know, every time I went back away from low contact or non-contact, I was just left godsmacked after that turn. And, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna key it, the turn, because that's what it was. I don't know who he is anymore, and I think that that's really normal because they do become a completely different person, a completely different person.